0: We begin the current taf and begin five lines down from the top of the amud, where the gemara continues in the related discussion from the previous taf. The gemara taught many different conversations between Rava and Rabbi Bamari. Now, relating to the first statement that they had discussed regarding Hamespalachavere, who so the gemara relates an inverse related concept. I'm Rav Says if someone passes judgment of his friend. To the heavenly courts, who nanished He actually gets punished first. Shalem, like it says, a pasik in Bereshus. So the is Sarai al Avram, that Sarai said to Avram, my anger is upon you. Why is it that this thing is happening? says the Avram So Sarah was presenting her case to heaven between her and her husband, and who ended up dying first? Was Avram came to mourn and to eulogize Sarah and to cry over her. So you see that the one who passes judgment on the other person to the heavenly courts, they get punished first. Now, says the Gemara but that's only talking about the If there's a way to litigate in the courts here on land and you don't, you go to the heavens, then the person gets punished first. Which, as Tasha points out, that in the days of Sarah, there was the courts of shame, who therefore she could have litigated in the courts of, of Adam and she took her courts. Her her case to, to Shemayim, so therefore she got punished first. Amar um, so B'itzlik says, Woe to the one who is screaming, than the one who is being screamed at." Same concept. is similar in the that That when the Pasik says Shem, says, api that my anger will flare, v'arakti I will kill you," which That's plural, which it sounds like two people, both the one who's screaming and the one who's being screamed at. but they're quicker to punish the one who's screaming, who's complaining, than the one who's being complained about. As we find by Sarah that she was maisedin l'shamayim regarding her complaining about her husband Avram, and actually the one that died first was her and not Avram. Related also from the Amr b'Yitzchak says the Gemara that the curse of a commoner should not be light in your eyes, even though it's just a common person. Sharei, because, and this was the parasha that we had been discussing in the previous stuff, Sharei, Because Avimelech cursed Sarah, and it was fulfilled with her children. like it says in the Pasuk over there, He gave her certain gifts after he let her go, and he says, Behold, this should be a covering for the eyes for you. So the Gemara explains, Allah, what he told her was, Since you concealed this idea from me that you were actually married to Avram, you told me he was your brother, and you didn't tell me, you didn't reveal to me that he was your husband, and you caused me all this pain, which was his whole family had their orifices closed, may it be the will that you should have children that are covered of eyes, Meaning that they should be blind. When the sky was on, it was fulfilled in their children. So, like it says in the past, and when Yitzchak became older, his eyes were dimmed from seeing. So, even the kalal of a head yet of a commoner of Avimelech was fulfilled in the children of Sarah. Now, Gemara concludes this. HaGadik uh, Halachas from the previous taf, he says similar to the concept about, about before about the one who's complaining and the one who's being complained about a person should always be from those who are chased and not from those who chase others there is no greater birds that are chased than the turtle doves and pigeons and those are the birds that are fit to, that are kosher to be brought as Karban so we see that although it's not as convenient as being the one who's bullying, but the one who is being chased is the one that a, the position that a person should always choose versus the one who is a if, and because those are the ones that are considered kashil Now the Mishnah tells us, if "Someone says, blind my eyes,' even if he says on the condition that I'm exempt, that you're exempt, he's going. The person who does it to that person is going to be chayiv, etc. In contrast to the sefer which said." that if, let's say, he says regarding his money, my jug or my blanket, and he says, the is chay, but if he says, I'm nas lifter, then he is going to be putter. So the Gemara asks, omalei Rivasi bar al he says, maishna ratio, what's the difference in the ratio? where it doesn't help even conditions to say that you could do some bodily harm to me, on the condition that you're exempt, still he'll be chayb. Well, maishna say and why is it safer When it talks about that you could break my stuff, and he says on the condition that you're exempt, there he is going to be exempt. What's the difference? So omale so Rebbe said to him, Reisha, in the first part of the Mishnah, which talks about the person's body, the reason why you're always going to be chayv in all situations, a person is not forgiving regarding the tips of his limbs, meaning his body parts. Although he says it, he's not really forgiving. And therefore, a person that does it has no rights, and he's going to be liable. In contrast, to a person's money, he could be meichel. Now, on that, uh, that uh, Rebbe Rav, Rav asked him, he says, what do you think a person is forgiving regarding the pain of the wound? The Tanya will learn in the Braitha that says, If someone says, hit me, bang me, I'm lift on the condition that you're exempt, Potter is exempt. But didn't you just say that a person regarding his bodily harm is not forgiving? Here you see he could be forgiving, the person is going to be Potter. So Ishtak, Suraba was silent. So Amma, said, Rav said, Did you hear anything regarding this? This is what Rav Shesha says. That the reason why the person is going to be chayiv, even though the person, the victim, had said you can go ahead and do it on the condition that you're exempt, is mishum p'gam Meaning, like we find by the Brahis of Eitzhar, a person could be forgiving on even his body, physical pain. But regarding an actual injury, but the guy's going to have his hand broken, he's going to be in a handicap or a wheelchair, whatever it is, it's going to be degrading for the family. Because of that, the person going to be chayiv, and that he can't be mayichelan. That's the reason for the halacha of a Mishnah regarding a person not being able to say a lifter regarding his guf. Now actually, the Gemara says that this halacha is a three-way machloikis. Itma, we learned. Ishi He says the reason for the halacha, as we just said from Rav Shesh, the reason why you can't be mayichel on bodily harm is because it's degrading and it's deficiency for the whole family. Rabba Omar, as he just said before, he says a different reason. Because a person cannot forgive, he does not forgive, regarding the cutting off of, his, of the tips of his limbs. As Rashi adds on, although the Gemara had asked a question, that he holds the price is not difficult, because on Tsar a person would be forgiving. His money, Tsar, but regarding losing a limb, although he says it, he is not really forgiving, and therefore the person that does it would be liable. Third interpretation of the Allah of our Mishnah, he says that actually, like the Bryce has said, that a person can be meichel on everything, even on bodily harm. Now, our Mishnah, however, is not talking as we thought it was talking about, where the victim tells the assailant, yeah, go ahead, cut off my hand on the condition that you'll be exempt. That's not what he said, because if that's what he said, then he would be exempt. Rather, what he said was, cut off my hand. Now, then the assailant says to the victim, on the condition to be potter," in other words, you tell me on the condition that I'm going to be potter." So he tells him, yes. So, says Rabbi that's the Mishna of our Mishnah, that yes, hein, Shu kalav. Sometimes yes means no when he says it in the inflection of his tone, the tone of voice. He says yes. When he says it like that, then actually it's no. And therefore the guy does it, even though he said yes, which was on the yes and the condition that you'll be potter, he'll actually be chayav. Now, the yesh, lav, Sometimes no really means yes. As the Gemara says, time Ha'ach, ha, similar in the Brysa. Let's say a guy says, Hikani, Pitsani, hit me, bang me. Now, then the other guy says, I'm an ass lifter. I'm the condition to be exempt. The Omah and then the victim says, Hey, yes. Says the Brahis Sahari Yesh Han Sometimes a yes really means a no. If he says it, yes, which really means no. And therefore he's going to be liable. Now, as Rashi points out, if he would say it, what's called benichusa, he'd say yes. Then he would be exempt because he's saying yes. I'm a nas lifter, which Rabbi holds you, a person could be Michael even on Rashi Yavar. Now Rashi just points out that the previous price which said that if someone says, He can pitsani I'm an hit me, bang me on the condition to be exempt that he's going to be Potter, is talking about what the victim said the whole sentence himself. He says, Hit me and wound me on the condition to be exempt. Where they're definitely, he's telling him, You could do it and don't worry, where that of course Rabbichan says a person could be Michael even on his guf. Our Mishnah was talking about where he didn't say the whole sentence, he said, just hit me. Then the other guy said, on the condition to be exempt, and he says, Yes, which is a wonder, like, yes, what are you gotta be kidding me? And but he said yes. Yes does not mean yes, it means no, and therefore he's going to be chayv. Now, so therefore, even though he said I'm an aslifter, and he says, Ari, Ari there are certain yeses that's like a no. Now, Kara es let's say he says, tear my blanket. So the other guy says, I'm an aslifter on the condition to be exempt. He says, No. So, ha Love lav shu kehen sometimes no really means yes. Meaning if you say, no, what do you mean, What I just told you. So although he's saying no, but it, that, there's some sarcasm there, and he really means yes, I told you, go ahead and do it. So he's going to be exempt. Now, Russia just points out in this price, uh, why when it said regarding hitting me or banging me, then it said that it is, the default is going to be chayev, whereas by the money, we're going to interpret it that he's going to be exempt, is because that's common, more common that a person would be meichel and be forgiving on his money more than his body. So that's why when they picked the cases of describing uh, a, a yes which is really no, and which is by the goof, and a no which is really yes, they picked the ended up being yes that you could really damage by the money versus the the, the yes which is really no by the body, because generally that's what it would be. A person really doesn't want to any have a bodily arm, but by his money it'd be okay. Yeah, but you could tear that shirt. Yeah, no. I, I told you bit yes already. So, therefore, again, that's what the B'yechen is saying. That's the halach of Mishnah. person could be Meichel on his body, and he would be, but sometimes saying yes is really saying no. Now, the Gemara continues to explain the halach of Mishnah that said, if he tells him, Shibra is Kadi, break my jug, Karas Kasusi, tear my clothing. So, Chayiv, so he's going to be Chayiv. Unless he says, I'm an lifter, then he would be exempt. Now, on this the we're but seems to be contradicted from the following price. The b'raisa quotes the pasig in Shema'is, which talks about the halacha of the shaymim, giving over something to somebody else, to a watchman to watch. So it says there in the pasig that Ki'itin, when a person will give over to somebody else, it says lishmer, to, to watch it. Which means to say that he gave it to him as a deposit, to watch it for him. That's when the shaymim, even the shaymim, would be liable for negligence. But the halacha says the price is, that's only teaching if when he gave it to him, he gave it to him to watch. So, but let's say if he gave it to him to the deposit to lose it, then he's not going to be And if, if he was negligent. Or let's say Lishma, he gave it to him to watch, but not if he let him tear it, then he's not going to be liable for anything that happens to it. Well, let's say Lishmer, it's only if he gave it to him to safeguard it, but not to give it and dispense it to the poor people, because since he told them, give it and share it with the poor people, so he's, he's, he's not anymore owned by the one who gave it to him as a deposit, so who's going to come to claim for him for the liability that he went and lost it? The poor people cannot come and claim it, because each one he could say, it's not yours, I wouldn't have given it to you, I would have given it to another poor person. And to the owner he can't say it because the guy already gave it to him to give it to the poor people. So therefore, it says the brysa, these cases, he would not be chayv if something happens to it because of his negligence. But one thing the Gemara is asking from this brysa is that we see that if, let's say, the owner of the object gave it to him with the intention that you could tear it, that then there's no more liability. But our mission is said that if a guy says, tear my clothing, that he's going to be chayv. What's the difference between the mission and the brysa? Some of them, he says, look, gosh, it's not a difficulty. Ha, the Allah of Amishnah Mishnah said that even if he said tear my garment, the guy is going to be chayev again unless he says amanas lifter, is the asliyade, where it first came to his hand. He gave it to the person and then he says, okay, you can go ahead and tear it. Then already he has the responsibility and it, by him, by the owner, then saying tear it, is not allowing him to tear it. Ha, the, asliyade, the Bryce's case is the one he gave it to him to watch it, but it never came to his hand. He told him, here, watch it and you know, you could even tear it since he never received it actually in his hands, so then there's no liability at all. Now that the Gemara has rabbi, rabbi asked avuna, but Lishmar, problem is, in the halacha of the sheimer when he says he gave it to him to watch it, it sounds like that when he told him that he could tear it, is that it actually came to his hand already, because there the Pasig says, that he gave it to him, and still the Pasig is being memayed so how can you say that the halacha is that the exemption is only when it didn't come to his hand? When seemingly the halacha is talking even that it came to his hand already, which says Keaton, and still, if he gave it to him and he said you could tear it, he's going to be exempt. So Elam Rabbah, the Rabbah says no, hava hadas right? As he inferred that both of them are talking about the Mishnah and the Brisa that it already came to the, to the recipient's hand, the one who's watching it. But like Hashem, it's not a difficulty. Ha, the Allah of Mishnah said he's going to be chayiv, is the asliyad when it originally came to his hand, betayur shmira. He had originally said, I'm giving it to you to watch it. And then he told them, okay, you know what, you could tear my clothing. Then he's going to be chayiv, again, unless he told them on the condition that you're exempt. But ha, huh, the case of the b'raith that he's, that he's exempt, is the asliyad when he gave it to him, he gave it to him and said, hey, go ahead and you could tear this thing. Then even if his negligent something happens to it, he didn't even tear it, he's going to be exempt because when, even when he received it was with the condition of not lishma, but rather that of being able to even tear it. So the Gmar concludes this paragraph the following incident regarding this halacha of this price that we introduced. Who arnaka did the Aslam Pumbadis. There was this uh, this, this wallet of charity money that came to Pumbadisa in Bavel. And after the Rav Ravyesav, who was the Gabi Tztaqa, he was the treasurer of the Tztaqa, went and deposited Gavahu Gavr by a certain individual to watch that money. Now Pashaba, that guy who was the Shay Rechinim, he was negligent. And also Gandhi Ganvu, and now Srathiv came and they stole the money. So Khaivi Ravyesar Rav held him liable. is he held them liable for the loss of the Tztaqa money. So, that's only I asked Rabbi Yisuf, but what? By time we learned the Brihisat, we just quoted before, it says, the liability of a Shremechinim is only if it was his job to watch it, not if it was to give it out to poor people, because it's not the poor people's, as we said, because each one you could say, I <laughs> would have given it to someone else. It's Mamashainli Taivim. And regarding the original owner, it's not his anymore. So, the ones who gave the charity already gave it, and it's not the poor people. So, how are you holding this guy liable? So, Rabbi Yisuf said to him, no by the paupers of Pumadis is different. Because, there's a set amount of money for each one of them, for every single week, how much they're going to get. Therefore, it's like, and she it's each poor person says, you had my $50, and therefore it is It is considered that each, as if each poor person gave him their money to safeguard, it wasn't like he could sell, oh, I wouldn't have given to you, I would have given to you. No, we know that each one's getting a certain set amount, and therefore it's considered Mammashri Taivim, and that's why he held this person liable. Hanullah Khachaibul, which I return to you, the eighth parak and And with that we turn on to Ahmed Bayz, we begin the ninth parak and satisfakama, parak, haggaizl eitzim, which talks about like the name of the parak. Uh, some of them, a lot of the talking about halachas of gezela regarding theft. So the Mishnah begins, Hagaizl eitzim a son If someone steals wood and he makes utensils out of it, or let's say it's vasan he steals wool, and he makes a garment out of it, says the Mishnah, The Misham Exela, he pays according to the time, how much it was worth, at the moment when he stole it. Meaning he has to compensate the, the one who was stolen from, the value of wood or of wool. And he doesn't have to return to him the, the garment or the vessel that he made out of it, because that's the Allah of Because he changed its status from wool to a garment, from wood to a vessel, that is a change, it's a shinoi. Shinoi is a, k- a kenyan, it's an acquisition regarding in kenyonic zela when a person steals something. So, of course, the moment he steals it, he's liable, and more but when he changes it, it becomes his and not the guy he stole from. So he has to compensate the guy, but now that it went up in value, when he changed it, that's his increase, that's his benefit, and he only has to pay the one he stole from, how much it was worth when he stole it from him. So, two. He stole a pregnant cow, and they gave birth by the gazla. Or to or a sheep that was laden with wool, and he he sheared the wool. So again, de May when he comes to pay back to the guy who stole from, he pays the value of a cow that is pregnant to give birth. Or Rachel or the value of the sheep that's ready to be shorn. But the excess, the how much it's worth now, because now there's an actual child, and now there's the shearings of the wool, that's the goslin's, because he acquired it with that sheen, with that change that happened in his domain. Now, let's say goslin parvin, let's say he stole a regular cow, and became impregnated by him, by the goslin, and then they gave birth. Or Rachel, he stole the female sheep, and then it actually had the wool come on it, it grew when it was by him, and then he, 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 he sheared the, he, he, ta- he took off the wool. It says the Mishnah, Misham Kishas, Exile, he pays how much it was worth when he stole it, which was without that wool and without that child. As the Mishnah concludes, this is the general rule which applies to all these cases. Misham Kishas, Exile. All thieves pay according to the moment how much it was worth when it was stolen, because any time that then there's a change, that change is a kinyan of his, that's something that happens in his domain, and he doesn't have to pay that to the one they stole from. Now the Gemara asked regarding one of the cases mentioned on Mishnah Ami, mean, they said, One of the cases was that if he took wood and he turned it into a clee, so then he acquired it, or else it's not really theft, meaning it's by you, but you just give it back to the person. When you change it, that's a Kenyan gizela, there's, there's a change of domain, because you changed it, it's not anymore what you took from that person. So in, yes, that's a case where then he acquires it, and then he only has to pay according to how much it was worth before he changed it. But chief and loy, it sounds like only because he took the wood and made, made it into a cleat. But if let's say he just smoothed it out, planed it, then that wouldn't be the halacha of a shina koina. Then he would, it wouldn't be a kinyan of Gizela. So to of our son, begot him in. It sounds like only if he took wool and made a garment out of it. That's a shina koina. But living in loy, if he just cleaned it, if he whitened it, then that wouldn't be considered enough of a change for kinyon of Gizela to say that he acquired it and that all the benefit is his. But in that, there's a contradiction with the following b'risa. The Rashi says, eats a Meshifah, if he stole wood, and he planed it, which means he smoothed it out with a plane. Or Avonim on where he took uh, b- uh, stone and he shaped it, which as Rashi says, just so good sheep is by eats and the same thing as sisa is by Avonim, which both of them are in terms of, of fixing, of smoothing, of evening out. Or let's say Tzemim V'Libnin, they took wool and he whitened it. Or Pishtam beniko, he took flax and he cleaned it out from all the small little pieces that are inside. You only have to pay how much it was worth when you stole it, not how much more it increased since you changed it. So the question is, why did the Mishnah have to say that you took wood and made it into a cleat, that you took wool and made it into a garment? But the problem is, you only make a cleat, which is to, to carve out uh, uh, the, 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 the concave, the, the hole, until you first smooth it out. So to wool, you first do libon, which is laundering it, cleaning it, whitening it, and only then do you do Tviya, which is the spinning. Now, so the problem is, but for the moment that he planed it and that he whitened it, already you have acquired it, like we see in the b'risa, so why did the Mishnah have to go on and say you made it into a kli or into a garment, if you already were kind it in the earlier stage? So I'm Abayah. Abayah says, Tane didan ketani shinu Actually, the Tanaba Mishnah, of course, agrees to the Allah of the b'risa, but he was actually saying a bigger chiddush, as Abayah is going to explain. It's talking about a case of a rabbinic shinoi, which, and the reason why it's only rabbinic is because it actually, although it's a change, it's a change that could go back to its original estate as it was when he had stolen it from that person that he stole from. And of course our mission would agree to the halacha of the b'risa that if it's a biblical shinui, which does not go back to its original status, which is when, let's say when you do libun or when you plain it, that of course that would be considered a shinoi. As abai explains, the reason why the time the Mishnah picks kalim is to explain to us that even if Eitzim son on kalim, even if you take wood and you make kalim out of it, what type of kalim, and what type of wood are we talking about? But Eitzim is The wood that he took was already smoothed out. Now, what, is, what smoothed that wood? That's nistar, That's planks. That's, that's boards. Now, from those boards, he went and made boxes out of it. Now, the Shina da that's a shinu that can easily go back to its original form that it was when he stole it. Because the Because if he wants to, he can just take the boards out of the box, one from the other, and it's back to boards as it was in the beginning. That's the Chiddush of the Mishnah that even such a case is going to be considered a Kenyan. So too, the case of where he took wool and they made a garment out of it. The reason why the Mishnah doesn't say the earlier stage of Libun is because actually... We're talking about where you didn't even need semur and libun, which that of course would be a shina because that is ein that doesn't go back once you did libun, it doesn't go back to its earlier stage of what the wool is when it's as it is on the sheep. Rather, it's even talking about if he stole bit semur he stole spun wool, then he did weaving, he did irig the which that's a change that can go back to its original status, because the ibay is sasoleh. If he wants, he could just undo it, and then it's back to threads as it was in the beginning, before it was woven. That's the traditional mission that even so, it's going to be considered a kenyan. Now, as Abayi explains, but Vekolshkin, all the more so for sure, yes, if he took wood, and he planed it, which that is a shino a complete deviation, as a complete change, and that's Deiraisa, that's biblical, of course, that's going to be a Kenyan, as we explained in Perakim Merubah, that some of that Shina is a Kenyan, which that's written in the Torah, so it's the Torah in Mishnah, where the Pasek says, So you return what was stolen. What's the re- redundant words of Asher guzel which was stolen? To teach, it's only if it is as it was stolen, then you have to return the actual object. But if not... All you have to give back is money, and the reason for that is because you have acquired it at that moment when you do the Shinoi, and therefore anything that increases after that is the goslins, and he only owes what it was Keshasakzela. Which i concludes But the Brother, Tana de brisa, was only told about biblical halachas of a of Shinoi. But the but it wasn't told Rabbinic shinus. But of course there's no contradiction between the Mishnah and the Brysa. The Mishnah is just saying actually a bigger khidish, even a rabbinic shinoi, that will be a Kinyan. That's one approach. If Ash'iam, mean, gives another approach. He says, Tana didan nami shina de rice. Right? He says, actually, the Tana of our Mishnah is also talking about a biblical shina, meaning a shina that cannot be undone. Now, could this that the Tana of the Mishnah teaches that there's going to be a Kenyan, but would agree that a rabbinic shina would not be a Kenyan? Now, then the question that was posed was then, wait a second, then from just smoothing and from of whitening, it's already a Kenyan? So why did the time of the Mishnah have to talk about garments or vessels? So and that explains Ravashi. The case of the Mishnah of Eitzim, V'Asun Kalim that you took wood and you made utensils out of it, is referring to like a case of Buchani, which is a pestle, which is what's used to grind things with, to smash things with. The Hainu, that essentially is the Halacha of smoothing, because a pestle, there's no concave, there's no carving out any, any hole in that. So that is exactly the halacha of hakika. That's the case that was ketani, that was taught in 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 our Mishnah. So to semiv asan in the case of the Mishnah of wool that you made garments out of it is tomat namte, which is felt. Now the way felt is made is that the the wool is pressed together, which is a garment that could be without spinning the threads and weaving them together, where there is no libun. They don't do the whitening of that wool. But of course, the time the mission would agree. But if there was Liban that was done, of course there would be a Kenyan. But the mission is told about a case of felt, shinu which is also a case of a shinu which is cannot be undone. And the reason being is because wool, once it's turned into felt, it cannot go back to its original to its original positioning because to meaning to be each thread individually because it was so tightly pressed as it was turned into felt that can never go back to what it was. And therefore, there's no contradiction between the Mishnah and the Brysa. Actually, the case of the Mishnah are cases where you didn't have Liban or Sheepan before, either because the Kaili is actually Sheepan, like it is by the Pesel, or when you turn it into Fel, there is no Liban, but they're, saying, they're all saying the same halacha of a de Reisa of Eine Chayz Now, the Gemara asked once we introduced the Brysa, which we thought it contradicts the halacha of the Mishnah, so one of the things was said that. If even before making it into a keli or into a garment, even if you just do liban, just whitening, that's considered shinoi. Now the Gemara asked, "The have a is it really true? Just whitening wool It's considered a change that it's not the item that was stolen. Therefore, you acquired it. It's not asher gosl, kein and therefore you acquired it. and You only have to give back money." But that, as the Gemara very meaning, it seems to be contradictory. The Mishnah masechtas kulin. The Mishnah there says that lo hispik like, if a person didn't get a chance to give what's called raish hageh to the kayak. Rish hage is the first shearings of wool that a person does of his animal. He has to give that as a gift. It's one of the 24 kind of gifts he has to give to a kayun. So the mission there talks about that. Let's say he didn't get a chance to give that wool to the Kayan, Achet Savaya, until he really died it. So then then he's exempt from giving it to the Khan. The reason is because he has acquired it with a Shina, like Ghazalo, although it belongs to the Kayan. But he has acquired it because he changed it, now it's died. Moreover, as Rashi points out, he doesn't even have to give him a monetary payment because it's not real complete theft because it never came to the hands of the Kayin. Who said you're the Kayin that was going to give it to him? Maybe was going to give it to someone else. Therefore, he's exempt. Now, says the Mishnah, but live yvaloy tzavoy, let's say he whitened it and he didn't die it, then Chayiv is going to still be liable to give the rishas I gave to the Kayin. So you see that it's not considered a shinui, like, like tzaviyah, like dying. And that contradicts the this this price, which said that Liban is considered a shinui. Some abayis is like kash. It's not a difficulty. It's actually machlokes tanoim. Ha Rib shimon, the town of the b'risa is like Rib shimon, and ha draban, the town, the town of the mishnah masechtas school is like draban. As the gemara explains, the gemara is going to quote a b'risa, which is based on the mishnah masechtas cholim daf and lamad which talks about the basic Allah of reish dagiz, which is when you have four sheep that are are shorn, each one worth a mana and a and a little bit and a pras. So then there's the, that's when the chi of Reish gaze begins. Now, what is Reish gaze? So it's when they shear the, 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 the wool of the sheep. So after it's shorn, then he gives from the shearings to the kain however much he wants to, as long as it's a significant gift. Now, regarding the halacha, we learned the Tanya, we learn the b'risa, that if gazazai tavai Argai, let's say if he shears the wool, and he spins it, and he weaves it, Meaning one of them. And then the same thing applies to the second one and then the third one. Then then they will not combine for each one's mana or paras to be liable. And the reason being is because you didn't have five of them with a mana and the pras, because after you did the first shearings, you already spun and you wove it, which is already a shinoi, and therefore you didn't get a chance to have all five at one time. Says the says the Bryce says the Tana. Say the Rabban and Imit Starf that does not combine. Now on that continues the brayso livnoi. let's say they didn't uh, spin it and, and, and weave it, but rather they just whitened the wool, they laundered it. He says it does not combine. He it does combine. Therefore, that's the machleikus that we brought out between this and mishnah sechles kulin regarding whitening is we brought the Tana the Bryce like Ribshiman who holds that uh, that it does not combine because it is a Shino that's going to be as a Kenyan regarding Gezela, and so to not having com- the combination for the of Vresha Gaze. Whereas the like, Khamsa it does combine because they hold that Liban is not is not a Shino. That's one approach. Ravama he says, no actually Havaha Rib You could actually say the Tana and the Mishnah Meshah school, and of the Brisa are both Ribshiman, who seemingly says that in this so that it is considered a Shina when you do Liban. But still he says, well, it's like, not a difficulty. Why? Ha, the time that the Mishnah Masech T'Schulun is talking about, the naftze nifutze, where it was disentangled by hand, which that's how he cleaned out the impurities from the wool. That's not such a shina. That's not what's called libun garment It's not a complete cleaning out. It's not a complete laundering. That's why the Mishnah Masech T'Schulun says that it is going to combine because it's not a total, it's not a total change. Ha the Sarkis However, here it's talking about in the Brisa where he combed it with a comb to get rid of all the impurities. That's c- totally cleaning it out. That's totally whitening it. That's going to be considered Shinoi, and that's why in that halacha of the Brisa said that Libun is going to be a Shinoi. Third approach of Chiyah Bar He says both are Reb Shimon. But the Mishnah that said it's not a Shinoi is talking about where it was just whitened, meaning it was just cleaned. But in the price that said the Liban is going to be a Shinoi is where he actually cleaned it with sulfur which actually whitens it much more, that's a total change. That's, a, that's going to be where the bright said shinu is kainah, whereas the Mishnah that said libin is not going to be a change and it will combine with the other shearings to have to give it as a gift. Like, yeah, it's it where it was just whitened and laundered and not actually sulfurized. No, because, so those are, again, three different approaches why it's not a contradiction of the Mishnah and the Bryce regarding if Leban is a kinyan, if that's considered shinu enough in the, in the wool. Now, however, the Gemara goes back to what was mentioned before. Now, if it is now, as we're saying, that if, if dying, and this is the Gemara's question, as we're going to see in this b'risa, if dying, the wool, according to Reb Shimon, is not a shinoi, so liban have a So what, whitening is going to be a shinoi? Meaning, we quoted Reb Shimon in this b'risa that he holds that if the liban was done to the ratios I gave to the first string of the wool, it's not going to combine, which sounds like it's a shinoi. Now, but if libun was just cleaning out the wool is considered shinui, then how could it be as we're going to learn the braisa that he'll dying which is changing the color of it is not considered shinui. The time we learn the braisa. the braisa says Gaz is rishin rishin utsavoi, which is still on this halacha that gaze that if let's say the person did the shearings of the wool one one at a time and he died one of them, or let's say he did the shearings rishin rishin each one he he did a shearing. He cut off the wool, and before he went on to the next one, he spun the wool. Or rishon rishon Each one, he first after he did the shearings, he then went and he he wove it into into a garment. Now each one, in other words, the basis of this Allah is that each one, when he did the shearings, he first changed it, and then he went on to the other one. Says the the Tana the Brisa, Ain mitstarf. So they're not going to combine because he did a shearing already. He changed him before he went on to the next one. You didn't have five in the row to combine. Reb Shimon ben Yehuda, he said, regarding the first case that the Tanakhama spoke about, dying, he says, no, that would not be a Shinoi. And even though he died it before he moved on to the next one, when there's five, they will combine regarding the Chiv. So if Reb Shimon holds that dying is not a Shinoi, so Liban, which is just cleaning it out, which is whitening, is considered a Shinoi, how do we understand it? Some says, says, it's not a difficulty. Ha, the first brisa is Rabbanan Alibad Shimon. Ha, huh, the second bride says, Rabbi Shimon ben Yehudah leaves li- You're right. Meaning, the, if you hold Libun as a you for sure, dying is going to be a shenay. But that is the rabbanon according to Rabbi Shimon. The, this bride says, Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda, according to Rabbi Shimon. It's a machlick, it's a tanoim, how Rabbi holds. And that would be the same. The one who holds that Svia is not, of course, will hold Libun is not. The one who holds Libun is, yes, will hold Tzvi'ah would be a shenay. That's one approach. Rabbi he says, no, it's not true. The Rabbanon from this b'risa do not disagree with Yibshim Yehuda from the second b'risa in how to interpret Allah of Yibshim. But how do we understand that then? They say that Libun is going to be a Yishin. And yet Yibshim Yehuda is saying that even Tzvi is not going to be a Yishin. So actually answers, the, answers Rava, no, actually Tzvi dying is worse. Why? V'sha'an <speaking> die is different. <speaking in Hebrew> you could get rid of the dye through some type of detergent, some type of cleaning agent, but actually, liban regarding cleaning and whitening it, that actually you can never take it back to its original state it was when it was on the animal in its impurities. That you can't bring that back. It's actually, but but and therefore that's going to be a shina. But dye, you could remove the dye and therefore that's actually not going to be considered a shina. As we said, it has to be something that's a concrete, complete change. Now, Now, when we learned over there in the Mishnah Masech Tuzchulen, that said, that seemingly we said in that Mishnah that if let's say he didn't get a chance to give it to the kohen until he died it, then he's going to be exempt because it's not going to combine with the others because it's a Shinoi. So ask the Gemara, and that we said is going according to everybody. But didn't we just say that Rav holds that die is actually not a Shinoi? That answers Ravam HaBekala Elon. That Mishnah, that is was talking about What's called uh, indigo, which is similar to tealas, that type of a dye is a dye that doesn't get removed, and therefore it's regarding such a case that everyone agrees regarding such a tziyah. Of course, if, if even just laundering, as well is explaining, would be considered shinoi, which he says both opinions of Rabbi Shimon agree to for sure. Die, but the case of when the when it was said that in from Rabbi Yehuda, Am Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon Yehuda, the name Rabbi Shimon that. That dai is not a shinoi, it's a dye that could be removed. That's not considered a shinoi. But Liban actually, although it's an earlier stage, is something that cannot be removed, and that's why that yes would be a shinoi.